from the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet, ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. It's Friday, and uh, so are they. We are here with our panel. We're going to revisit the COVID-19 discussion that we started several weeks ago. We are here with uh, Dr. Andrew Mueller and Dr. Steph Bradford. And uh, we are going to talk today about some of the things that have developed over the past several weeks in light of new information. And as we all had previously surmised, uh, this thing is completely different a situation than it was presented. Mm-hmm. So let's give that a shot. As I said, we've got two separate things to talk about today. We've got, uh, we have to talk about the disease, COVID-19. And that is far, far less interesting to me and most other people that are thinking about this than the response to the disease. So we're going to talk first about the disease itself. Uh, Andrew, Steph, thanks for being here today. Mm -hmm. What do you guys, uh, what the hell is going on with this, with this (laughs) virus? Because my perception is, is not a hell of a lot. Right. I feel like we still don't have great data. We don't have any of the data. We don't have the answers we want, but all the data that's becoming available just continues to paint a picture that this is not anywhere close to our worst case scenario. No. It's not It's not what we feared. Um, and it's probably better than a lot of the best case scenarios presented. Yeah. Just a few weeks ago when we talked yeah. about this. Right. It's, it's, yeah. inc- it's, inc- it's fallen incredibly short of the the hopes some people some people seem to have hopes that it would be you know you know the death plague you know and and, yes right and they 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 seem pretty disappointed they keep moving the goalposts on it and uh they keep having to move them further i mean it is as if lots and lots of people wanted piles of bodies and they wanted the fatality rate to be high and and, it seems like and it's not happening anywhere except new york city Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that it's happening in New York City because everything you're told by the media is a bald-faced lie. 100% of it is wrong in some material aspect. It is – this is – I guess this belongs in, in subject number two, but we don't mm-hmm. know anything about this this disease because we're not being told the truth about it at any at any turn. Well, yeah, there's there's amazing problems with all the it's just it's all just, the data, you know, right? And then you mm-hmm. then you have the interpret the interpretation right. of it, and you know it's very uneven, and there's questions about all the information you're getting in. Much of it's been challenged by people who are actually on the ground versus how it goes up oh. the chains and the bureaucracies and how it's reformulated and repackaged, and then you know, and then of course it goes to the media itself, which is trying to sell a story. They're trying yeah. to make a movie here. That's what it looks well, like. Well, we talked about it a few weeks ago. We said. We talked about all the problems with the data, and one of the things that we said was we have no idea how many people have really been exposed, so we don't really know what the fatality rate is. And we, st- I really wish we had a better answer to that, but in New York, just in the last couple of weeks, they tested thousands of random people, and it turned out a very large percentage had been exposed, and the fatali- and therefore you could deduce that the fatality rate is quite possibly 50 times lower than we thought. Right, and, uh, I and mean, just yeah, there's there's been various populations they've they've tested in that way, some a little better, some yeah. worse as far as whether yeah, it's there are problems with in. some of the data yeah. and all of the conventional wisdom. And there's people. still problems with the tests. The are, tests no. have like very right. high like mm-hmm. false positive rates. You <clears throat> know, yeah, right, right. There's problems with contamination. There's problems with you know every bit of the equipment we're using, and uh, complicates things. It complicates mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And the fans of the disease are quick to point out that uh, there are problems with all of these antibody tests you know somebody didn't like one of the statistical mechanisms used to tally things up so they'll say ah that's mm-hmm. you know 
you know, the various problems with the picky details and right. stuff. But but at the but, end, but at the in the end, every one of these tests, these antibody tests, is showing the same damn thing. The infection rate is incredibly higher than it was predicted mm-hmm. to be, bringing the case fatality rate way, 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 way down. And yeah, and then even when we go and we'll talk about people's reactions and stuff, by the and it's not surprising the government's normally behind. You know, they're they're twenty steps behind, which is usually the problem when they try to make a solution <laughs> that they uh, they misinterpret everything. Um, from how prevalent it is in the population, you know, you start having to question how long it's been out there, and you know, mm-hmm. did everything they tried to do come too late? That's sure what it looks like because the decreases that we've seen don't time out to what you'd expect. Well, what it looks like happened. I've seen a lot of a lot of, of articles and opinions about this. Uh, it looks as though the disease actually got here back in November, mm-hmm. and uh, I've seen several people write about a big spike in influenza-like illness back before New Year's, and then a second spike, mm-hmm. which was then attributed to COVID-19 after a test for, the, for that particular mm-hmm. virus became available. And what it looks like in California and several other places is that this disease ran through the population, built up quite a bit of immunity before the sickness was attributed to COVID-19. And that's one of the reasons why the the actual case fatality rate is, or the infection fatality rate is so is so damn low, mm-hmm. because lots and lots of people had been exposed to this before they were aware that it was a thing. Right. So right. The, the numbers are bad. I yeah. mean, just once again, the numbers are bad. And then we shut down the whole country for the last how long now? How long we've we been shut down? Well, mm, about two and a half months. Yeah, yeah it depends how you count yeah. it. And then, um, you know, obviously there's been some vari- variation in, in how shut down things have been. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, in a fit of dissatisfaction with the numbers we were getting, I formulated a brand new statistic of my own that I'm calling the RDC-19, the rate of death from COVID-19. And what I've done here is a simple little bit of division. I have taken within a jurisdiction the number of deaths, which are the only thing that matters. Dead people are the only thing that matters. We have we know dead people. There he is. He's dead, right? Now if you want to tell us he died from COVID when he actually OD'd on heroin, that's fine. You can go ahead and do that. But even then the statistic holds as an indicator of the actual magnitude of this problem. For example, in the world, the whole planet, the death rate, in other words, the number of people who have died of what has been attributed to COVID-19 divided by the population of the earth, that rate is 0.003402 percent point zero zero three four oh two percent in the United States the death rate is point zero two eight three two now that's skewed upward because of the New York City data mm-hmm. which we'll talk about in a minute uh, California has been in the process of going completely apeshit for the past couple of months now. The actual death rate in the state of California is 0.00524%. In Orange County, talking to Ray about this the other day, in Orange County, the death rate is 0.001.78%. And their brilliant governor, Gavin Newsom, what is he trying to compete with Pol Pot? You know, when do the when do the executions start? 
is what I'd like to know. Well, first you uh, drag them to the camps. So <coughs> you got to get them in the camps. Mm-hmm. Identify, you do your contract <coughs> tracing, you drag them to the camps. The Ventura County yeah. guy wanted us to be dragged out of the house and put in camps, right? Take them down. Then I, didn't you send me something like that, Nick? What's his situation? Guy, doctor in Ventura County, actually let slip that they're going to take people out of the houses that test positive. He's some, he's some kind of health director. And he said, uh, some kind of bureaucrat. Some, he's an unelected bureaucrat. If, if during the contact tracing they find that... Uh, during contact tracing they able, find you're that... You're not able to isolate in your house, meaning that you only have one bathroom. Right. And everybody else has to use that bathroom. He said those people aren't going to be... Given facilities, he said given their own were, different we're facilities, we're not going to be able to keep those people in their houses, and we'll we'll come and take them and put them in so facilities that we've set up in Ventura County. So that makes you want to get tested, if right? You are, yeah. If yeah, you're symptomatic, so. <laughs> they're going to take you out of the house and put you somewhere in a facility, yeah. someplace in a facility that they've constructed for you. But it's okay now. Do your contacts? Oh, this is, this mm-hmm. is, you know. Yeah, so so have, uh, have, this wait, is part two. They have this tests, that, two. tests that don't work. Uh, <laughs> right. well. Tests that don't work. False positives. Yeah. yeah. We'll just there. In the nonetheless, they are yeah. going to proceed on the on the assumption that everything is is working just fine and take you out of the house. And what happens if you don't want to go? Right. I. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Well, they, uh, tried, they we, tried to throw the salon owner in Dallas in jail, right? Yeah. I think that got overturned. Oh, they did seven throw days, her in jail. Yeah. yeah. That got overturned, I think. But, yeah, it was, seven it days. Was the, yeah, the Texas Supreme Court decided that was a bad idea yeah. and to get her the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know from what I understand. The, we're filming this on a Thursday afternoon on well, May the – because uh, it's going to air at a different date. And you saw what This Ab- is May the 7th. May seventh. Yeah. Yep. May yep. seventh. They released her from from, from mm-hmm. jail this afternoon. Yep. Did you see and Abbott's statements as well that they made? Saying. They made any kind of jail time um, as a result of the executive orders to be null and void right. and retroactive all the way through the start of April. So at any time where you could have been jailed, they right. said no, you can't be jailed for this. Well, that's sweet of him. Good. Yeah. It shouldn't no. have been there in the first place. It shouldn't have been there in the first place. Right. That was a, that was that was a, that should have been there in the first place. And they should have anticipated that and that was not going to hold up. Right. He should because have pardoned her clearly. yesterday afternoon, and he didn't do it. Later. All right. Yeah. Anyway, so here here are these numbers. Wichita County, for example, our little town right here, wonderful little Wichita County here in the middle of nowhere in North Texas. We've had like two deaths. Mm-hmm. It has been about a week since we had a new case here in Wichita County. About a week. Our RDC 19 is 0.00152%. Yet 25 year old kids are wandering around the sidewalks wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And don't, you know, and there's no. I haven't seen any compelling evidence that it's because we sheltered in place in no. Wichita Falls. That's not why that number. No, so and no. all the, all the numbers, we haven't yeah. sheltered in place. All yeah. the numbers yeah. of things we going down have to. have been the, the events, uh, the the results that we've seen have been too early for the lockdowns right. to have been True. contributors to that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So exactly, if you walked out on, on Kemp Street. Monday afternoon, the main drag right through Wichita Falls mm-hmm. here. Traffic was normal. Mm. It was absolutely normal. It doesn't look like anything's going on here in Wichita Falls. In other words, we didn't pay attention to their stupid ass lockdown. Yeah, we got an F. And we've still <laughs> had we got an F For in social, social distancing. They, they mean physical distancing, but they keep using they this keep term. They keep using this yeah. term that, that sounds so cool to them. It, mm-hmm. it sounds um, it sounds like you're trying to make people swallow an obvious like Yeah, if you term. If you control the language, you control the thinking. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, Mr. Goebbels knew that quite well. Uh anyway, uh I don't see how any statistic other than this one right here makes any difference. How many people are dead? How many people do you have? And how many of them have died of this disease? Now, we're worried about people dying, right? Well, that tells you what you need right. to know. And nothing else is important. 
not not case fatality rate, not infection fatality rate. Those are all interesting. Those are interesting from an epidemiology standpoint, mm-hmm. but from a public policy standpoint, mm-hmm. the only thing that matters is how many people have died because of this disease. And the corollary to that is what have your draconian, totalitarian, tyrannical policies done to keep that number down? Right? I, yeah, I don't yeah. see another analysis. What you are know. you saying with the last point? Are you saying what has what has shelter in place what done? Has shelter to keep it, in right. place. Yeah, what has the house arrest right. done yeah. to keep us yeah. from dying? Uh, and I don't. We you got, know what's, what's interesting? I'm, I'm just taking a little step back here. Is we were talking about the language just briefly. Shelter in place. Where did that term get trial blend? Where did it get used over and over? Uh, mass shootings. With the, what they call active shooter. Active shooter. You know, Shelter in place. terms that are used over and over. And so, like, so they're, trying to equate, they're trying to equate in people's mind the idea that you have to hide behind barrier. Hide right. in your house right. as if there's somebody out there with an, Shelter uh, in an place. assault weapon. Shelter in right. place means cower and yeah. fear. It means cower and fear. Cower but, and fear. But um, even, even so, there, there's a difference between somebody walking down this hallway, you know, shooting at you and... You can't invisible enemy. You can't see that's mm-hmm. not even in the area that doesn't mm-hmm. make sense with the transmission. Doesn't make sense with the numbers, and you know you need to stay in, inside and, and shelter in place, yeah. just lock down. Right. All these all these terms have been shifted over from a much more acute situation of risk to a much more diffuse one over a long period mm-hmm. over over a, for a long period of time, and that, that's an interesting thing because. Um, it's it's really obvious if you look at it that that's what's mm-hmm. been mm-hmm. barred from. Like we set up this situation, we did it over and over and over and over from these isolated examples that have their own bits of narrative reporting that that make them out to be something different with it than the way they actually are. And then we've taken those terms and we just locked them into an entirely new situation. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that should have made everyone that's, be on yeah, guard instead yes, of uh, instead yeah. of ready to roll along right. with it. But right. what we what we found is that. Uh, that primed a lot of people to just swallow it whole. The only way any of this makes any sense, any of this this bizarre treatment of this disease as the plague. I mean, you know, the where fleas jumped from rats mm-hmm. and killed the quarter of the population mm-hmm. of the planet. That was what thirteen hundreds. Sounds right. So this only makes sense if you look at. Uh, at the case of New York City, all right, uh, the pneumonic plague back in the 1300s killed a gigantic percentage of the population of people on Earth. And I mean 20, 25% of the people on Earth were, were killed by this disease. Now, this is back before we knew anything at all about what diseases were, what the vectors were, anything about it. Uh, we have a whole bunch of hysterical epidemiology bureaucrats running around trying to make themselves relevant, trying to prop up their own position within the infrastructure of bureaucracy, spouting big gigantic numbers that aren't actually even close to pneumonic plague numbers from the 1300s. The only place in the United States that's even approached what they said it was going to be, and it falls far short of where it was going to be, was New Mm -hmm. York City. Mm -hmm. All right. New York City is a, is a special case. It is an outlier. Uh, however, all of the media networks are located in New York City. And as has been the case for decades, the only thing that matters to the media is what happens in New York City. We've all seen this on TV. Mm-hmm. You know all of the names of the streets in downtown Manhattan, don't you? <laughs> From having had this shit pumped into you on television all your life, you know? And I, you know, I hate to say this, but the rest of the country is not New York City. I know New York City doesn't like to hear that, but the rest of the country is not New York City. And New York City is not typical. New York City is an outlier. And that worst-case scenario did not even come to pass in New York City. The rest of the country did not experience and has not experienced that is not going to experience the COVID-19 pandemic 
the way New York City did because the rest of the country, believe it or not, doesn't experience anything the way New York City does because New York City is not typical of the rest of the United States. Okay? Uh, God damn, I hate to say this, but, you know, you people in New York City, we're not terribly concerned with you. Well, you know, you know how you're not concerned with us? You know how you, you know how you feel about flyover country? You know how you feel about the rest of the country? You know how New York City feels about Nebraska and Texas? Well, Nebraska and Texas feels that way about you, too. Okay? And we're all real sorry. But we're not having the same kind of an event that you guys are. But our governments are reacting to it as if we are. Well, and, and see, this is the thing. I mean, it, there's nothing there's nothing unusual or surprising about networks no, located in New York City or people living there having the view of their local environment. I mean, and New York City is the most parochial and insular place I've ever been in my life. They just don't realize it. But that's right. that's natural. Okay. Now, but what you what you're seeing that's a problem is extrapolating that everywhere else. That's mm-hmm. a problem, yes. just like it is from any kind of scientific data set. That might, I mean, and of course the data varies. Data very well be very bad. But even if it's good, that doesn't mean you can extrapolate everyone else because it's not the same right. situation. And unfortunately, um, bureaucracies and the media extrapolate everything um, to push a narrative. And mm. again, that's a natural. That's what bureaucracies do. Yeah. They're they're yeah. they're they're aligned to the interests that are local to bureaucracy. A big mistake is that people assume that they're not. And that's, that's, no, they don't just have this benevolent effect where they're able to put aside their own personal biases and whether or not their department gets more money or whether they personally get advanced or whether they get attention or whatever else it is. It's like everyone has their own local interests. And when you start extrapolating it, you're going to start extrapolating and magnifying the errors because it's not based on I think, this specific situation. And I think what you're saying, though, that's one of the things that's been surprising to me through all this, and I think we should explore. One of the things that's been okay. surprising to me through this, and I think we should explore, is I honestly, I, I was surprised when Wichita Falls sheltered in place. Um, and it'd be interesting to go back and look at how did that happen? It wasn't just a media narrative. There were, there were, lots, there were lots of people involved. I mean, that was uh, maybe that was the driving force. But there were politicians that were involved in that decision that are not part of the media. There were healthcare workers that were involved in influencing that decision. And so we had multiple people coming together, um, influenced largely by a narrative, uh, making decisions that in hindsight are, are are difficult to justify. Difficult to justify why we sheltered in place in Wichita Falls. Well, I'd be interested to hear why the they ordered it. Because yeah. we didn't really do yeah, it. I mean, we didn't do we it. Right. Didn't do yeah, it. yeah. But I mean, why that was ordered. Um, that's something I've been reflecting on. I mean, because I want to learn from this from the future. Uh, don't let a good crisis go to waste. I mean, right. this was the first crisis of my lifetime that I was an adult because I'm, I'm younger than um, the other two people at this table. There's never been a crisis like this in any living person's lifetime. Nothing even In what sense? Good. Oh, yeah, nothing that compares. Well, and nothing that right. compares. And you saw From an economic and social I, sense, But nothing. I've never, I, since, I had, since I grew up in a generation that didn't, didn't go through World War II, didn't, didn't, wasn't aware of Vietnam, even if part of my generation this is was far born. in excess of anything that occurred in Vietnam, or for that matter, World War II. But I would During assume, World War II, you could still go get lunch. Right, 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 right. You know? I get my point that I'm trying to get at, though, is I think the people who lived through that got to see how people, how human beings react in a panic or through, right. or how they, maybe we don't even call World War II a panic, but it's just through extreme circumstances, how human beings <sighs> bond together and the good and the bad of that. And so this event has been surprising to me to see how easily people give up their rights, how easily political decisions are made that have huge ramifications on people's businesses and economic lives and health with that are based on bad data well and, or, and they they, right. they knew the data the wasn't good an accurate model they knew the data wasn't good well, and they knew they were, but let's be careful and, and I'm, I'm not, not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that we're what i'm saying is they knew there were problems who's they? with all who's they the people that you're talking about as being policymakers i, I don't know that the, i don't is, know that i agree with that i don't know that the people in Wichita Falls knew that the data was bad. I mean, there was one of okay, my wait, biggest wait, 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 okay, let me say, when I say the data's bad, I'm, I'm not talking about data being bad in the sense that it's it's false data and we're doing false data. 
anybody who's not a complete idiot, and there's plenty of idiots, especially in Wichita sure. Falls government, there's no doubt. Lots and lots. Um, that the data was very incomplete and had a lot of problems with it because it was incomplete, whether we're starting with information we're getting from China or from other places where it clearly things were different. Anybody who's not a complete idiot Realize could understand it that it was very incomplete, it was Fair very enough. partial data, Fair and they, they were worried and they heard these models. And you have a lot of people there, they don't understand, um, and it seems odd to me because it seems pretty obvious, that if you if you make a model built on on assumptions where the assumptions just going a little bit one direction or another are going to vastly change the outcome, yeah. and you know your stuff's not very reliable because you only have a small piece of information, you know there's problems with it, you know the population hasn't been tested, you know, what, whatever else you're looking at, you don't know about, oh, it's a new disease, we don't know anything about it. Right, and yet you jump to this. So when, when I say they're reacting on bad data is like, you, you should have been, there should have been some caution. Right. Caution based on knowing that there your information was was right. was weak. Right, but my right, and I guess I just and I think I misunderstood you when you were saying they knew it was bad data. It, it almost made me think you were saying it was malignant. I don't think it was that at all. I think it was. No, it I was fear. It was out of fear. It, it was. It was never, just never they, attribute they, to malice that which is adequately explained by stupidity. But when, it, when for, people keep doing it over and over, now, you have to assume they're not stupid and they're willfully doing it. For example, they're looking breaks down. this far in front of them. right. This far in front of them. One of the local idiots last week actually said, you know, we're as a result of all of this, we're gonna have problems with our sales tax revenue. How are we gonna <laughs> they how, just realize no that. shit? They just realized they that. They just Yeah. They just yeah. realized you, that. You guys yeah. are gonna have problems paying yeah. for things because yeah. nobody spent any money and you didn't collect yeah. any sales tax yeah. and yeah. you didn't realize that that was a variable that right. needed to be calculated yes. into yeah. this deal. Yeah, that See, was getting that what was getting the hell way are you but Way it, too little factor into the But yeah, the but when you discussion. talk about what what was what's different than than mm-hmm. decades ago, well, the education level of the population is much worse in the sense of being actually educated. I mean, yeah, we're all run through schools, but the schools are crap. Okay, so uh, the education level is less, and there's been more and more influence of media. And he was just talking about having yeah. you know hand in front of the so face, short-sighted. distractibility, yeah. people not paying attention, just getting little things shoved in front of them, having to react right then, and not having long-term follow-up of those things. How many times have you heard a news story? Could it be about anything. You know, maybe someone got kidnapped or whatever. It's the biggest, most important event ever that day. A week later. If you think you about it, you're like, right. what happened to that? Right. What what yeah. happened to oh, that yeah. invasion yeah. over here or yeah. people dying? Was there, was there a famine in there in Somalia this you know past right, right, right. year? Yeah. And it just disappears. So and it's just, I, yeah, no, you're you're making the point. I, I, I'm glad you said it because you're making the point I wanted to make, which was, I I, I don't read Plato. I'm not going to say you sound like a pompous ass who sits around Plato. But I saw a, a quote of Plato on the wall. It was a little like bumper sticker, and it said, "The punishment of wise men." who refuse to participate in their government is to be ruled by unwise men. And that's one of my takeaways. Like when I'm sitting here thinking, don't let a good crisis go to waste. How do we learn from this? How do we prepare for the future? Holy shit. How are we not more involved? Yeah. You have all those, those problems with like lack of education and and build up along with the establishment over decades of an administrative bureaucracy that controls things. Right. So you set up the fundamental surveillance state that that we you know, we're just starting to get more and more technology taking over that. And some people are pushing that pretty hard right now. They think you all need to have, you know, you need to have your mandatory you know, vaccinations and your real ID. And we track yeah. you forever and we, we, we check you and follow you and contact trace you and and all those things. Well, the structure and that we've has been built. We've given you one of these. The, st- mm-hmm. the structure and this thing. Out. Might as well be a microchip. Yeah, the right. struct the structure for that that's not quite attached to you yet. That's what they want to go to next. But the structure for that is the bureaucracies, the CDC, the FDA that have controlled all these things and made it so you are just trapped by multiple strings that control every single thing you do, or or how you can react. I mean, you know, why do you get you know oh we're dumping dairy, we're, we're killing these hogs or whatever? It's like right because you can't switch on a dime. You I mean you have logistical problems. There's that, but regulatory wise. You don't get a free pass from the regulations mm-hmm. if you know you can't just hand out milk to people, mm-hmm. you know, right? So you just got to pour it on the ground. You can't even feed the pigs over there. <laughs> we know we're just going to kill the pigs instead, right? Yeah. So that's kill been the pigs, built up push them in a hole. over well, a that- very long time in creating a system of, of control and surveillance has been implemented into not just our country but countries worldwide. We can sit here and it's very easy to look at China and talk about their social control and oh, you know they're just ants and this or that, whatever you want to say. But you know, pay attention to what's what's gone on here. It's 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 different in in some of the the implementation, 
but that's that's what you know the same kind of things you've seen with people just giving up their control giving up their decisions to other people and there's consequences for that right we have absolutely right that's my takeaway we have to have more thoughtful leadership more wise people well i mean you're saying leadership i'm saying that structurally the problem is trying to control everybody's behavior the regulatory state is what sets you up for this. Well, that's the, the regulatory state I live that's in. Not, I'm not ready to. I'm not ready I'm to lead a revolution. So well, what my I'm, option what is I'm to saying get, is, when you look at it structurally, it's already predisposed to this control and structurally predisposed to that increasing over time, not decreasing. Well, what I think what Steph is saying is that bureaucratic momentum precludes wise leadership. Right. Absolutely. Just to cut through the bullshit. If, Fair if, enough. Fair enough. Why have they been trying to get rid of Donald Trump for three and a half years? Because he's not in the club. The man is not Lucifer, and he has been portrayed as Lucifer, and the reason he's been portrayed as Lucifer is because he's not one of the Bushes. He was not raised to be in politics. Like every other U.S. president for the past several decades has been a member of the club so what you're advocating is that we put good men in positions of leadership and what she is saying and if you what if you'll think about it a mm -hmm. minute what is probably true is that the bureaucracy doesn't want good men in positions of leadership don't disagree with that at all they want their men tools but, but in wichita falls texas here locally i you know, i regret a, i regret this, not this showing a, up at the city council meeting this is a very well, they to speak the council meeting though, that the, was that was just a show most they're of not the, there to get opinions most of the most of the adverse effects of what has happened to society in the united states as a result of this idiotic power play have happened at the state county and local level correct and that's what the, I'm getting at. The we, federal government has been, that. because probably because of Donald Trump, has been pretty damn good at staying out of the way. They've finally followed the Tenth Amendment, right? But Donald Trump didn't put me on lockdown. Donald Trump didn't close my business. Donald Trump didn't fix it up so I can't go eat lunch. Mm -hmm. You know right. who was that? These simpletons who are just. Following the leader. They're playing the leadership game. Right. As I, they see it to be played. And I'm just saying, we, we right. can still have wise men who step up into those roles and make it a At the and local level, women, you're absolutely women, right. Men and women. And you you yeah. have probably got a better chance yeah. of affecting the outcome of this thing at the local level than you do at the national level. Right. But the problem trickles down from the top, as all things do. Uh, That's but as I'll, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you a, 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 my perception of the bigger problem mm -hmm. is that people are willing to be told what to do. And this is the thing right here. Just this is, when you talk about local, what's the ultimate local? What you do. I mean, you can talk about the government, you know, as if right. they have an actual right to control you. If you walk <clears throat> outside and you open your business, like Rip's business has been open and they've just been ignoring it because they don't want to challenge him because they know that's not going to go well for them. But it's like if you go outside of your house and you open your business and you go down the street and you talk to your neighbors, that's that you can do. You know, we don't have to talk about who you can elect in some other position that you can follow. What are you doing? Every right. single person right. is making decisions and that mass is actually very powerful. Yes. And if the mass is cowering and they're afraid and they, oh, I might get in trouble or I might get sick mm -hmm. or maybe or I, it'll oh, be my fault and somebody else gets sick. No, right. viruses aren't your fault. <laughs> Tell us the story about our friends in Colorado. Uh, well, I was I was recently up in, in Colorado checking on some things there and on my way back to Texas, I ran into one of the guys we know up there. And uh, he had two... He had actually three stories, but two, two stories to relate about what he personally had experienced. Now, in the county where he is, it's, it's very sparsely populated. They've had three total cases. Three. One, two, three. Three. Okay. Um, everyone's outdoors. It's nothing but UV. Well. <clears throat> High altitude. Mm -hmm. Bad place for virus. Yeah, you can, you can just see things, you know, bacteria die, you know, in seconds out there. Um, so... Uh, his, his wife went back home 
and one of their daughters didn't want her to come in the house. Didn't want her to come in to their house. And on the highway to, all afternoon, they to be, get to the. Had to be. This is in the Midwest. They one, get one of the, the one, one of the other one of the other people in a, you know let her in so she could use the facilities, and boy that was that was not good. Mm-hmm. The, the the daughter was upset about because that had been violated there. The so daughter she was, so was upset was, because her mother her mother had been let in her house. Her mother, who's living in a place where it's it's wow. just all it's it's there's no one there, no. nobody's sick. You know, this is the extent to which the media have done their has job. influenced behavior, and, and that's just that's, totally illogical. That's yeah, that's just. And and do we? And that's it's just hysterical. And that's it's a hysterical. great story to ask the question: Is this how we want to live our lives? Like how how long? I mean, do we want? Do we never want to shake hands I'll tell again? You, I don't want to talk do, to somebody that that acts like that. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to be friends with them. I don't want to do business with them because I don't consider them somebody worthy of interaction with me. You know, somebody that's that afraid is mentally ill. That's mental illness. Now, hopefully it's temporary for that person. I think it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's more correctly termed mental weakness. Mm-hmm. I think, it's, I think it's, a, it's a weak intellect and a weak character. And it's been what misled. That's been misled. That's yeah. been misled. That's, been had, that's had weakness encouraged. Yeah. yeah. That's, that really is the case, isn't it? They've had their weaknesses encouraged by the media who have done their propaganda job. Well, to invert and there's, invert virtue for <clears throat> cowardice, yes. right? So cowardice used to be something you avoid, right? It's considered a bad thing, and now it's almost elevated to a special... Do you want to explain that anymore? How to, the inversion of... Inversion. inversion. Uh, no, no, I know that, but the, the inversion of virtue and cowardice, what do you mean by that exactly? Well, I mean, well, I mean in virtue of things we consider not virtuous with virtuous, just... There's so many examples of that. Just overall, instead of cowering in fear is virtuous. There's now. things that we mm. used to consider virtues yeah. that people would try. You know, you you, you try to be cur- courageous. You know, strength was valued. All these things that are good have Bail been turned. Wolf, all that shit. Have well, been turned it, into. Is, have is been it, turned into like elevating. Oh, it's better to be a coward. It's better to be a victim. It, yeah. No, it's not better to be a coward. Is it Bill Arnett or who's that really famous historian who's very good? Do you know what I'm talking about? He, he says that exact thing in his, he, he writes, after he wrote this like 11 or 13 volume of humanity that's well acclaimed, he just wrote a tiny little book that I read that's maybe that's sick. That's just a summary of everything he learned. Right. And he says that he said all human virtue used to be, all human vices were once upon a time a virtue. So absolutely saying what you're saying. So as we go forward in the future, because that's all we have, had, all we have is this moment and going forward, what are the positive things that we can and they're they're not really positive, but what can we learn from this, and be better prepared? This will happen again. Not well, not necessarily Corona and a pandemic, but this, hard times, this, extreme this same events. Same kind of thing. We think. Well, we're, yeah, well, we're going to be we're going to be entering them thanks to the economic consequences. Absolutely, and and we've but learned here's, crazy here's the thing things. Is, like people need to ask themselves. Do you have a line where you'll stop when someone's pushing you? Is it going to stop? Now, I think some people, what's going to happen. How some far people, will you go? Did you see my little video we did with Chase the other day? No. Oh, you ought to, you ought to look that up. Okay. I, I handed uh, Chase uh, a plate of dog shit. And I said, Chase, um, here is a plate of dog shit. The uh, city government has determined that... Um, Dog shit is protective against the coronavirus. So here's a plate of dog shit. Would you like a fork or a spoon? And he said, I'm not going to eat that. I said, but it's protective against coronavirus. He said, I don't care. I'm not going to eat that. I said, so Chase, you mean there's something you won't do that the government tells you to do? Mm-hmm. He said, I'm not going to eat it. I mm-hmm. said, no, this is an interesting development. Right. Well, but yet, a, you know, here's no, the, no, that we have proven beyond any doubt whatsoever that we will roll over on our right. backs if we are sufficiently afraid and, and we will do what we are now, told. The, the time to answer that question, some, too. Somewhat, though, because also people will go along with it and then they go, oh, sh- oh shit, I shouldn't have. And then, right. then you know, decide what, where they're going right. to, like, next time I'm going yeah. to stop here. And that's, no, and, you and have that's that why it's so there. important. We have to answer those questions for ourselves. When we're not in the, the time, time. To, the time to answer that question about how much am I willing to take is not in the middle of a pandemic no. or a crisis. It's it in moments of peace and to be reflective and so to be prepared. In the coming weeks, everybody calms the fuck down. Yep. Everybody has to be aware of two things. First, this is going to happen again. 
Right. We have given them a useful tool. We have told them exactly how far we will back up. Right. We failed the test. We, we yep. failed the test. We were tested and we failed Across the, the test. World. The whole world failed the mm-hmm. test. The whole world is now ripe for doing this again and taking it as far as they want it to go. Mm-hmm. So thing number two is we have to decide what our response is going to be the next time because there will be correct a next time if you don't think there's not a next time you are a fucking moron all right you're a fucking moron there is a new disease comes around every couple of years or at this point anything they want to fabricate is a threat if you're sufficiently scared you have just demonstrated that you will lay down on your back and show them your belly. Are you going to do it again? Because this time they might gut you. Since they got your belly, they may gut you. What are you going to do? What the hell are you going to do? You need to think about this now. So, so right? yeah. Well, another I mean, what too. Andrew is saying is absolutely true. How do we, how do we make plans? For this to not and, be and, how, and do, how do we, we we have essential drugs that are not manufactured in the United States yeah, that are stupid. only manufactured in China? I, I mean, things that like we all sort of knew and this just brought it to the the limelight like that's in, it's insanity. Right. That's right. that's we have essential yeah, I, drugs that are not manufactured I in the United States anywhere. I didn't know that anywhere. China manufactured 98% of our antibiotics. <laughs> I had no idea. Never had right. a time to worry about it. The World Trade Organization fixed that all yeah. up well, for us. Yeah. Maybe this would be a good time to get Maybe out of the World Trade that. Organization. Well, and, and a, lot, a lot of those things, I mean, obviously, again, you have, you know, you have conditions that are put in place in one area that make it so you can't, you know, compete and so you move your factories. I mean, this is the but right. I mean, that's it's 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 dumb. Right, it, it was the same cost. But how much money are we? As we have, what did we print? Three trillion with the CARES Act? Was it a three trillion dollar package? One point eight? What, oh, a yeah. staggering but amount of money. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. More, well, I think that was know, more than the, the twenty dollars or whatever we saved by. It was allowed to happen. It was allowed to happen because th- these things were regulated out of uh, profitability. Okay, and that just doesn't make a lot of sense. But remember, the incentives that that may be at a, a bureaucracy are not your incentives they're not the country's incentives people are looking you know out for themselves that's just how people are you know but um the other thing to look at too is guys what's what's happened with uh information i mean have you seen how uh the big uh social media companies have censored things they pull things down off youtube they agree with if they don't agree with the who we're going to take them down hmm Okay. Has that? They I pull, haven't looked at that. Has that taken it? Because I mean, they, they, there's they been might, talk of that over the last couple of years put, of how they're doing that. If you, if you Has that gone a new in, level? Uh, yeah, absolutely. They've yeah. Uh, they've upfront. Okay, they've always done this. I mean, right. come on, they're, they're, completely, doing it. We don't, they're yeah. completely politically motivated. Their funding is not like entirely, you know, from people. We know how governments fund all these things, but so you have you have these sides that are controlling that are powerful influences, and you'll you'll, th- you'll see uh, different groups pulled out and penalized, or different ideas pulled out and penalized. So. Pushing back on some of these things, YouTube just outright said, if you do, if it goes against what the World Health Organization says, it's off. Wow! And you know, they pulled stuff, and this is yeah. Facebook's is pulling stuff. They'll flag, you know, things. Twitter has a new tool that's coming in where, before you post, they'll tell you, you sure you want to post that. You. That looks like it might be not the kind of thing you want to post. The giving up of our freedom of speech is the scariest thing happening in this country right now to me. But yeah, and re- I mean that, is. that is the scariest thing that's happening. It is. Yeah, it is. In yeah. fact, because where does speech take place in 2020? Social media on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Social media yeah. on the internet. Yep. And you got private companies. Like it or yeah. not, Facebook's a private company. They can do what the fuck they want to do. Yep. Fine with me. It's my fault. If I get dependent on them, though, right. that that would right. be a problem that I haven't thought about hard enough, mm-hmm. right? If, well, if if I am if I am dependent on the goodwill of Twitter to be able to communicate my ideas, then I'm not thinking very clearly. Just like we're dependent on the goodwill of Chinese manufacturers to provide us with essential drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. same, same kind of similar same to that kind of, of liability. Maybe we there. should think about that. Same kind yeah. of exposure. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so I thought about being prepared on the drug, drug-wise, being prepared with good leadership. I mean, there's so many different ways that we need to be prepared for this in the future. have to ask you, Rip. Um, 
physiologically, and I think we may have talked about physiologic reserve a little bit last time on the podcast, but just to, if not, when it, when you're young, physiologic reserve, really simple concept. Mm -hmm. The kidneys are the most obvious. After the age of 40, you lose 1% of their function per year. But like with your lungs, when I work out, maybe I only use, even if I work out hard, maybe I use 60, 70% of my lung capacity, but at a normal mm -hmm. level, it's even much lower. Mm -hmm. As we get older, we're at an older person maybe just walk up the stairs, they're using 100%. They get any sort of stress, whether it be the coronavirus or something, and suddenly they're, they need to be on a ventilator. They can't, mm -hmm. they can't maintain their functions because they, no, they have no reserve. How does that fit in? How does barbell and strength training, we should at least, we well, haven't talked about that at all in, that, in the previous podcast or that's one. How does that physiologic reserve concept fit in with coronavirus and barbells and strength training? Well, a lot of people have observed that uh, strength training is like, is like money in the bank, mm -hmm. is like building a cash reserve, you know, over and above what you need right now. In in the event of future future drains on those reserves, uh, some idiot on the board a couple of weeks ago made the bizarre observation that Ripito. You can't squat your way out of COVID nineteen. Actually said that. I look, dumb fuck. No one said you can squat your way out of COVID nineteen. That's a virus, okay. But who gets through a viral infection better? A two hundred and thirty five pound semi fat guy with a whole bunch of muscle that's sixty four? Or a 145-pound skinny guy with no muscle that's 64. Well, I know who I want to be, okay, because I I got sick. I'm convinced I had this. I don't think that there are any data that suggest that the general population is at risk of death from COVID-19. Healthy people Healthy under people the age of 60, this is not 60, a significant risk factor for death. Of COVID-19. Riding a motorcycle is still scarier than coronavirus, unfortunately. And Bathroom accidents in, more common. In, yeah. in so, New York so. City, 50% of the people who have died in New York City were nursing home residents. Mm -hmm. Over the age of 70. Yeah. It's quite clear. The data is quite clear. Even the shitty data is quite clear about who dies from this. And as a result of, of not looking carefully at that data, we have made public policy that puts our culture in jeopardy. It does. Well, and that's, that's, and that's, that's all there. That's a that's, good that's summary. True. And that's What's not an exaggeration. We have put <clears throat> our way of life, the American way of life, at risk yes. by the way that we have handled this. And I know there that's were a lot of people who thought true. they thought they were doing it because they thought the virus was going to put our way of life at risk. And it's turning out the data says that's probably not the case. But the, our decisions have put our way of but life. But the whole at time risk. we've known that it was vulnerable populations, the, the very elderly. And people right. that had that other wasn't compromise. the narrative. If you remember, though, there was a good week or so in the media where that was where everybody not the was going to die. It, the whole focus was on every healthy every healthy person that they could in any way call the, a coronavirus. The media death. would put that That's in, was the but the numbers if, that were oh, yeah, right. in were, from, from, right. from Italy and, and right. whatever yeah. those yeah. numbers it were. It was never like, supported by data, but anecdotally. But they, well, were, they were pulling the up those numbers. Cases. You had, they were pulling you up had, those numbers. That was that was there the whole time. Maybe if you just looked at like you know some of the most mainstream stuff you didn't you, see it but that that information was out there you had the stellar time. intellects like dr anthony fauci who did this same shit back in the late 80s by telling everyone who would listen to him and a lot of people listened that aids was going to be in the general population that there were going to be tens of millions of dead people by 1992 yeah he does have that history he has a history of being utterly wrong and yet he keeps his fucking job if you and i were as bad at our job as dr anthony fucking fauci we would be homeless living in a fucking trash can that's exactly <laughs> where we'd be right and yet this motherfucker still has a job with the federal government and the homeless people do pretty good as far as their 
you know, we haven't seen the homeless population drop dead, have Fascinatingly we? Fascinatingly they, enough. They've been... Because they, they live outside. Fine. It does Outside's help. a bad place for the virus, as it turns out. Unless mm-hmm. you live in Chicago and you can't go outside. I think even the homeless people get to go outside in Chicago. In Chicago, if you're homeless. The, yeah, mm-hmm. the rules don't apply evenly. Right. No, no, You know, no, they want to no, enforce no, them very, on the... the very the, uneven. The, the, the sheep population is the easy place to, to enforce your rules. Not on the not on the, the edges, you know? Mm-hmm. That's always the case. Right. They're going to they're gonna come for you first because you might pay the fine. In fact, you might. Well, I don't know, Andrew, Steph, I don't know. We have placed ourselves in a very dangerous position. Um, We're able to sit here and talk about this right now with relative impunity. But the net effect of this thing may eventually be that we can't say the things we've said today. Mm -hmm. You know, you're quite right. This Mm -hmm. thing, Mm -hmm. not the disease, because there have been diseases. There's the flu, kills people every year. Some years it's worse. Some years it's way worse than this has been. But this time, our response to this thing has placed us in a situation where we have handed the future of our culture over to our government and their power-mad insanity. And we've done so because we allowed a bunch of people to make us afraid of being rational and, and, and learning what being alive for years and years and years has taught us. It's taught us that sometimes you get sick. Usually, the vast majority of people, when they get sick, they get better. We all know this. But this year, somehow, We have allowed ourselves to be convinced that this time when we get sick, we're all going to be dead. And that's not true. And if you continue, people, if you continue to act like it is true, you're handing them your culture. You're handing them American civilization. I'm not going to do that. Now, you got to decide for yourself how scared you are. And you need to... You need to think very, very carefully about what is going to happen next time because there's going to be a next time. They've already showed you what they're going to do to you next time. What are you going to do in response? Are you going to obey? You're going to roll over on your back? You're going to show them your belly? If you do, don't be surprised when they gut you. Steph Bradford, Dr. Steph Bradford's with us. Dr. Mueller's with us. Hope uh, we've turned on a couple of lights for you here on Starting Strength Radio. Thank you guys for being with us. We'll see you next time.